0: From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. This is making your home great. We are on the radio live. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier is here. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you doing this morning? Good. Or this afternoon? About a, about a half an hour from now, we're going to have uh, Joel Worsham of Comfort First Eating and Cooling uh, on the show, but we're going to spend about a half an hour talking about Radiant Barrier and also the material you put down in the crawl space areas. Radiant barrier really is a, an attic thing, right?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a reflective grade form of insulation. So, uh, you know, it can be used in a, a lot of different applications, but primarily it's for extreme heat. Okay, yeah. anywhere that uh, the temperature just goes really north of what's comfortable. That's a it's a good insulation to reflect that heat you ever seen silver duck work on an air conditioner? Yeah. That's radiant barrier duck work. Okay. a silver screen you put up in the windshield of your car. Right. Silver blanket they wrap around you and they rescue you from sea. Yes. It's all different forms of reflective grade insulation. Um, And you know here in North Carolina once the the temperature comes back gets up into the 80s we got the humidity that's crashing down with it it feels like yeah. it's 95 outside yes it's very hot in the attic very hot on the top floor
0: like what 120
1: 120 is uh about an 80 degree day you really go, you go up into the attic and it's 110 to 120 degrees yeah now once it gets into the 90s it, it's typically 130 to 140 right. again the hottest I've tempted so far here was uh, in durham last year the customer had a hip roof and did not have adequate ventilation yeah it was right in the middle of August, and I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I temp that attic out at 154. So it, it, it gets very hot. And, you, look, I, I don't know if you recall this, but it was a year or two ago that there was a home inspector that unfortunately passed away doing an attic inspection Really? Uh, in Cary. And, uh, you know, I not only feel for, obviously, the inspector and his family, but the family that lived there. They just thought he was in the attic inspecting it trying yes. to determine what was going on up there and after about an hour went by and they went up there and realized he had passed out and oh, unfortunately no. succumbed to the extreme temperature so it's it's dangerously hot in right. the attic um and to,
0: to put it to put it into perspective you're talking about 150s right at, at some some point um the mcdonald's got in trouble because they were serving coffee at 180 degrees
1: that's pretty hot and it
0: was <laughs> enough to burn you know an elderly woman's
1: absolutely uh,
0: lap when she spilled the coffee on 180 versus 150 is not a big difference
1: it's not a big difference 150 you're going to get up there and start sweating immediately it's sure. almost like you're sitting in a sauna right um and and it, it it cooks you the longer you're in the attic. It's a it's a slow broil. And so your it,
0: guys have to rotate in and out, right?
1: Yeah, I get asked that a lot. You know, when, when it gets to this time of year and it gets very hot in the attic, you know, are you guys are you are your guys working overnight? You know, how do we do this? <laughs> uh, and to be safe, typically my guys arrive at the job site in the mornings between about six thirty and seven thirty AM yeah. to get up into the attic. I, most of the time we pull them out of the attic around noon to one o'clock in the afternoon right um, Now obviously we give them coolers and water and ice and, and all kinds of things that can uh, help the job become a little bit easier We want them to be safe obviously sure uh, but we don't keep them in in the attic late in the afternoon at that point you're you're just rolling the dice and it's not worth it
0: right the the radiant material you put up there. Of course, you've got a range of options
1: mm-hmm.
0: for insulation. Absolutely. But the, 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 the radiant barrier that we talk about, is it just one quality or are there grades of that?
1: Very good question. Really? Yeah. Well, so I thought that was good. Yeah, There's uh There's somewhere between 40 and 50 different types of radiant barrier that are out there. Oh, yeah. Now, they're all silver, right? So, you, you kind of have to know what you're looking at and what you're talking about to know the difference between uh, those materials. Yeah. The stuff that we use is, is kind of the creme de la creme. Uh, we went after the, the highest quality, mm-hmm. uh, most efficient, and effective radiant barrier that we could get our hands on uh, from a manufacturer out of Texas right. that produces it for NASA. So it is a very high-grade form of insulation. Okay. Now, we carry a bunch of the lower grades. Um, We use those for different applications. Customer wants a hot water – excuse me, a water heater wrapped. Yeah. Or if a customer wants their garage doors insulated, that's a different product. Right. Um, But for what we use in the attic – There's not a big price difference from the creme to the creme than the base model radiant barriers. We're Mm -hmm. talking about pennies per square foot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if it comes to an attic, we don't even mention some of the lower quality materials. You're going to pay practically the same amount. You might as well get the best stuff we carry.
0: Labor's got to be intensive because you're putting it up.
1: Yeah, I don't pay my guys by the hour. We pay our guys by the square foot. Ah, yeah. Uh, and it is. It's very labor intensive when you're doing a radiant barrier in the attic. Uh, depending on how it's installed, if you want it under the rafters, you know, well, if your attic is really tall, yeah. uh, we got to bring in scaffolding and set up uh, ways that we can get up there and climb up there to be able to insulate it properly, but also doing it while while being safe.
0: And also, since you're a uh, a crawl space company, you employ a lot of guys who are five two and shorter
1: i try to you try to yeah it's a it's an odd question to ask during the interview process but if i've got them on the phone i always say how (laughs) tall are you and what do you weigh and they're like what it's like look this is a unique job i I, sometimes i got to put you in some tight spaces under a house or in an attic space yeah Uh, and the last thing i want to do is have a poor employee who's six foot three 240 trying to get up underneath the house and get stuck
0: when (laughs) when it's when it's up there, do we see a a curly sort of uh, wrinkly surface? Because it's kind of like a uh, it's kind of like a rolled material. Right? It is a rolled it, material. It's a rolled material. So so I I think of it in terms of what they wrap people when the Coast Guard pulls you out of the water. That's immediately bent and crinkled
1: yes very similar um it almost looks like a you know it's it's commonly referred to as well it's tin foil you're putting tin foil up in my attic yeah it's like well it's it's not a tin foil it's a mylar material tin foil is going to increase the heat in the attic that's why you wrap you know your pot roast and baked potatoes and tin foil to keep the heat in increases the amount of heat going through it and it helps to trap that heat inside the mylar material It does not regenerate heat, but it does uh, uh, mimic, okay, so you can, kind of like foil, you can grab some foil and grab your finger and then it stays around your finger. It's the same thing with a a high-grade Mylar material.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. So moldable, you, but you do have to staple it in place or to use some fasteners.
1: We do. We use five uh, sixteenths commercial staples. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually tape all the seams. It looks very nice for customers that are listeners that are mm-hmm. curious to find out what this would look like. Just go to radiantbarrier.com or Triangle Radiant Barrier. You're going to find lots of photos of this type of insulation installed under uh, attic roof rafters or retrofitted over the existing insulation.
0: Do you need to know whether we plan to finish that space before you start?
1: Excellent question. I thought so. So in North Carolina, yes, absolutely. Um, If you plan on on converting your attic to living space, Mm -hmm. we're bound by the same codes as everybody else in the state. So uh, North Carolina wants you to have very certain types of insulation used for building code. Radiant Barrier is classified in North Carolina as a very impressive upgrade, but Mm -hmm. it does not meet the minimum requirements to pass for new construction. So if we were to go in and insulate the attic, we would cool that attic down 30, 40 degrees. It'd be great. Your bills come down. You use the attic for storage. But if you want to go back up there and convert that into living space, you'd have to pull that product down. You'd have to insulate with r15 r30c and r38 if you're not doing spray foam right and then you have the option of then covering all that insulation back with the radiant barrier before you put up the drywall yeah but it will not allow you to uh, use it in place of standard fiberglass insulation
0: and the fiberglass insulation is is just code because of habit or it does it actually serve a better purpose all alone. Fiberglass
1: insulation is one of the oldest insulations. Yeah, You know, if you go back hundreds of years, they were using wool, throwing wool up there and Mm -hmm. newspaper clippings and stuff like that. Fiberglass, uh, when that came out, it was a cheap way to manufacture an insulation that would actually produce better results than what was being used at the time. Mm -hmm. Now, since then, we've got some Big, heavy hitters in the insulation industry. Pink Panther insulation, I can go down the list of yep. all the major manufacturers of, of that type of insulation. Well, they kind of control the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and for years and years, we've been bound and held by those code requirements. Mm-hmm. So it's just most common is what it really boils down to. Mm-hmm. Now, certain states have... have finally started getting outside of the archaic R-value insulation. Uh, parts of Texas, California, it's now code. If you're building in California to use radiant barrier products. Hmm. So it also depends on what state you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're, we're bound by whatever codes are, are in that state. We've got to follow their rules.
0: So even a mid-grade sort of humdrum, mediocre, rolled insulation you just do it in the satisfies the code
1: yeah pretty much yeah Yeah. they the vaulted areas they want r30c and baffles your exterior walls they want r15 Mm -hmm. in the main attic they want r38 right they don't require you to insulate any of your interior walls so i'm constantly going out dealing with builders that say nope we just want all the outside walls done and i'm like well what would you like us to insulate the interior bathroom walls so you're not, you know, your whole family is not listening to you go to the restroom every well, there, day? There is that. There's some sound buffering here, and it's a nope, nope. Minimum code. I don't want that. That I'm the builder. I don't care about that. Yeah. So if you're if you're building a house, okay, right. ha- be hands on. Because your builder is going to do the absolute bare minimum yes. to get by to to increase their profit on the job, so be included in that, so you have a say so on. Well, maybe I want to pay a little bit extra, so so the bathroom yes. uh, is has some sound buffering. Well,
0: how about this? How about the the living room slash TV room right next to the bedroom, right? And there's a common wall there, mm-hmm. and there's typically there's nothing in between there's nothing in between the studs correct there's, nobody bothered to put anything there no is there a solution for even just soundproofing just forget about everything else just soundproofing uh,
1: that would be an insulation referred to as rock wool yeah. um rock wool is very common in you know music studios and houses around airports yeah. uh, stuff like that and if i have an opportunity to talk with the builder or the homeowner I normally ask, where are your bathrooms? Where's your game room? Are you going to have a theater room? And I will normally bring up, do you want us to use a rock wall in this wall for sound buffering? I always give them the option. Yeah. Um, You'd be surprised how many people say, well, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Because once the drywall is up, what are you going to do? Amen. You got to pull it all down and and do it again. So uh, if given the option, the majority of them go for it. But the builders, in most cases, don't give them that option. Right. They don't care they're they're just going for the bare minimum so be involved in your project make sure you do your own research and and study up on this stuff just to ensure that the builder is not giving you just the absolute bare minimum he can get away with
0: a lot of bonus rooms are just unfinished mm-hmm. to the point of looking up and seeing the nails that hold the the roof in place right i i'm it's just totally unfinished what do you suggest if we're going to make it into living space put up uh, there's there's got to be baffled insulation we can put up
1: there yeah there is yeah so that's where you would do the the baffling in the r30c right um anywhere where there's a vaulted area Mm -hmm. you can do a spray foam you know during new construction you can uh, upgrade to a spray foam insulation and still pass code okay um, or kind of the middle grade, what a lot of the uh, custom home builders that we use, uh, excuse, uh, excuse me, that use us, they'll yeah. have us do the standard bare minimum fiberglass insulation. Right. But then they'll have us use a radiant barrier on the cathedral vaults, yeah. the east and the west facing walls, mm-hmm. or any area above the garage, just so you increase the the insulation value in the areas that typically see the greatest heat. Well, that's a fraction of what spray foam would cost you. You didn't have to radiant barrier the whole house. Mm -hmm. We just focused on the areas that are going to see the most heat, Uh, and you can do it at a fraction of the cost. And that's what a lot of the builders have figured out is, you know what, I might as well pay a little bit more to have this better insulation put in because once the drywall is in and the family moves in, and they're complaining immediately that the top floor is hot and they're calling that builder wondering what happened yeah they're getting tired of those phone calls so they're starting to come around okay well maybe we'll beef it up a little bit more here and there to make these uh, customers happy and it makes me look good
0: all right if you've got a question about triangle radiant barrier or radiant barrier or even uh, your crawl space uh did you get some moisture the other night (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the last Thursday, was, you know, day before a yesterday, a lot of rain, a lot of rain on my house, a lot of rain. In my, we're going to talk to Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. I'll find out from him whether the lights were flickering out uh, all over North Carolina. That's coming up in the second uh, hour of the program. we got Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Making your home great on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Always on Saturday at 1 and continuing till 3. Joel Worsham's coming up next uh, next hour. Rock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. You catch him at a cocktail party. And you find him in the corner. Because he just hadn't found somebody to connect with.
1: I'm inspecting the mold in the corner.
0: He's inspecting the mold in the corner. Just walk up to him and say... What do you suppose is a good insulation for this application? Uh And then just sit back. Get people to bring you drinks because you're never leaving.
1: I've got plenty to say on the the topic.
0: (laughs) Talk about it. All right. So I talked about during the commercial break, my house has got the attic for the garage connected to the attic to the house. It never occurred to me before we bought the house to even – compare that mm-hmm. or think about it the 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 old house there was an unfinished crawl space mm-hmm. which meant it was separate through a door you know separated from the from the upstairs of the house right this whole attic through the garage and the whole house they didn't do me any favors did they
1: Well, so what we're referring to is in like a ranch house, a one-story ranch house, uh, you get up into your main attic, and if the attic above your living space is the same attic space above your garage, it's all connected to each other. Yeah. The problem with that is your garage is not insulated. Right. Right? They don't insulate garages per code because it's not living space. Now, you can pay extra and have it done, Hmm. but- Typically, those garages are pretty warm. There's no insulation in the exterior walls. There's no insulation blown in on the floor of the attic above that garage. Now, your entrance to the attic being in the garage, again, is not such a bad deal. Um, most of the time, we find them in the middle of the house, in the hallway, in bedrooms. I, I You'd be surprised how often I find the pull-down ladder in a bedroom. Yeah. That's a big uninsulated hole in the ceiling. So you get a lot of heat that that, that comes down. So it being in your garage, if anything, that's probably beneficial. Uh, mm-hmm. It's helping your, your overall utility. But no matter what type of insulation you were to do, for example, if you wanted to insulate the rafters of your attic to cool off the attic, yes. you'd have to not only do the attic, you'd have to do the attic over the garage as well because it's all a connected space. Sure. Uh, so there's ways to combat that, ways to improve it. Um, but, you know, I just I try to come out and ask the customer, what what's the problem? What are you having? What kind of issue are we trying to fix here? Are you having problems in the summer, the winter? Yeah. Issues heat on the top floor, heat on the bottom floor. And based on customers' answers, I try to guide them in the right direction for what I think is going to be better suited to, to correct that problem.
0: Oddly enough, I have no earthly idea what we're paying per month. Whatever they ask, I go ahead and pay it because otherwise I get my lights turned off. Yeah, it's again. hard to
1: argue, isn't it? Yeah, again,
0: really, they are in charge. Um, so, we haven't talked about the crawl space issues. Uh, is that a major part of this time of year?
1: It is right now, absolutely. Yeah? Um, you know, we've been about a week to two weeks booked out for the last month. Yeah. And this week, I uh, don't know where now we're three and a half to four weeks booked out. Yeah. So it as soon as the heat comes back that you know, 78, 85, mm-hmm. or even warmer in the rain, yes. that's when humidity is at a hundred percent. And when that happens you start getting really gross smells coming from underneath the house. Yes. You know, we get customers I'm running my air conditioner and it smells funny. And I, I called my H V A C company out here and they said they you know, we need to inspect the crawl space. Yes it's it's that time of year so mold is growing right now it's getting warm it's getting wet so you can hang tight and wait till it gets real bad or you can try to get ahead of the curve get it knocked out now and right. and uh hopefully not incur any any of that in the future
0: i was watching uh, television again golden girls uh they are very talented they, so those, talented those young ladies are very funny um partly because i couldn't reach my remote and there was some commercial for some company that was unrelated to H V A C Okay. And they just advertised, Yeah, we're gonna clean your ducks. Ah. Yeah. And and they're again they're talking about what you're talking about, the casual homeowner, which mm-hmm. is most of us, are just were reporting they come in with the groceries and say, Wait a minute, this house smells bad. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, it must be the ductwork.
1: Must be the ductwork. And and look, if if your ductwork was not properly installed, okay, yeah. there's a register in your floor, that's a little metal grate or wood grate you have in the floor, the air blows through, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a register that's bolted to the subfloor underneath that, and that's where the ductwork is connected to it. Okay. A lot of HVAC companies, when you connect the ductwork, they just use zip ties, and then they walk away. (laughs) You want to seal those ducts with mastic, because if you're getting any air leaking—think about this— it's an 85-degree day. Yeah. It's warm and moist in the crawl space. Yeah. It's hot in your house, so you're cranking the air conditioner. Yeah. So you got really cold air blowing through that vent, but sure. you've got a bunch of that cold air leaking out into the crawl space because it wasn't sealed properly. All right. You mix cold air with hot, moist air, you now have condensation. Yeah. That condensation can actually build up in the duct, roll back into the duct, get absorbed by the insulation in the duct, and you can start getting growth. Right. So can you have growth in your duct work? Yes. In most cases, it's due to the fact it was not installed properly. However, just because you're smelling stuff coming through your vents when you turn on your air conditioner doesn't mean that that mold is not originating in the crawl space and coming through your fresh air intake. Right. So that's why having an inspection is so important. Guys like the guys that work for me are highly trained on how to assess, look, you've got an issue with one duct, I'd get that replaced, but the other issue is over here.
0: I want to go for the easy joke and just let everybody know, if you're having problems with your ducts and you'd like them cleaned, you just call Dave Alexander during this show and I will arrange a time. As we all know, the hardest part about cleaning ducts, is catching the little guys. They
1: are quick, aren't they? Are they are
0: so fast, they're like chickens. They bite. What you got to do is you put your hand in front of their nose, and they have nowhere to go. <laughs> and you just grab them by the – get the get the wings before they flap.
1: Every once in a while, I have a customer that comments on that. We need, that? We, well, we need to replace one of your ducks. <laughs> she goes, what are you talking about? And I said, ducked.
0: Ducked. You know, the odd thing is, is that for years – years i bought that kind of tape and never <laughs> occurred to me that people would use it for anything other than fixing tents. Mm. that <laughs> is the original purpose to fix ducks uh, hvac duck tape
1: yeah is silver it is. It, 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 well, the new stuff is. Sure. Some of the older stuff, uh, it, it's not the traditional black duct tape or oh, the not. gray duct tape that it's you not. would buy down at the big box store, no.
0: All right. So if you have duct tape on your ducts underneath your house... That's not unusual.
1: No, it's not unusual at all. You just want to make sure that they're properly sealed to the registers so you don't have any issues.
0: All right, we've knuckleheaded enough uh, with Brock Emmons of (laughs) Triangle Radiant Barrier. We've got a whole hour with Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling on the radio here. He's going to be talking about generators. Thursday, the thunderstorms rolled through the state, and I think it was an interesting night for his company. We'll find out uh, whether that's true or not in just a moment. This is Making Your Home Great. From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. All right, there's a funny thing. We've just spent the last five minutes, no kidding, talking about beard maintenance. Making your beard great. Making your beard <laughs> great. That would be a great segment for the show. We could have people who, you know, who moisturize and who, you know, What do you put on your beard to make it look good, Joel?
2: I put uh, beard oil and beard wax. Really? Yeah, every morning I put both. uh, Yeah, I put beard beard wax in the morning. That just kind of keeps it laid down so it's not like just going every which way. Yeah. And then after you get out of the shower that night, you know, get home from work, sweating all day, you put beard oil back in and kind of moisturizes
0: it. And Brock Emmons has the classic beard, right? Can we agree?
1: I I try. He he's (laughs) good. Some people
2: are blessed. He's
1: got the
0: and he's got the mustache (laughs) That just kind of looks like it's combed in the middle. It's almost ready you know,
2: it's for the the handlebar. Yeah, yeah. I, every once
0: in a <laughs> while, close. if I do
1: enough wax, I can I can do the handlebar Very mustache.
0: Close. Okay, let's let's stop talking about hair maintenance. Back
1: to home improvement. We got to be
0: be serious here because I can't spell a whole hour not looking at you. You know what I mean? We're going to talk about body maintenance. I have to look at the ceiling. So let's let's just go ahead and talk about. What we're going to talk about hey Thursday night. What I had a and and Brock said at his house the same. So Eastern North Carolina into Central, hellacious storm. Oh,
2: it was brutal. Last what? night was flooding in Chapel Hill. Is that right? Really, it came down so hard the roads were underwater, cars were in parking lots up to the only reason I know that because I was out at ten thirty, dispatched out, and I was in Chapel Hill, and I was like, "Holy smokes, well, look what's at the rent. that
0: What's that like? What are you doing when you're dispatched out?
2: Well, we may have a we may have a generator that has gone offline, or that it's been running for a while, and the customer is uh, wanting us to come out and make sure that everything's tuned in, and we'll get a dispatch out for that, or uh, maybe their air conditioner. Uh, Is not working, and they have like a load management technology device that needs to be reset. There's all kinds of gadgets and electronics in these devices. Uh, this one was particularly the homeowner actually had a, a fig tree that had grown really, really large, yeah. and the tree had actually fallen oh, uh, no. on the on the generator itself. And when that generator feels that something was going on, really what it was, it was overheating. It, the leaves had kind of like blocked off the, 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 ventilation. the ventilation vents. Yep and it yeah. went into a fault
0: but typically this is total hands-off at least for the customer
2: yes i mean the customer can go out and tinker it if they want to but no, i really no, don't no. suggest it <laughs> i mean it's just an automatic start automatic shut off type type generators and,
0: and from their standpoint the power goes out the the line goes down and how long before they've got lights on again
2: less than a minute Really, about thirty to forty-five seconds, they'll have uh, power on their house.
0: And and what about those situations where it's you know it's flickering, it's going off, it's going on? You know, wh- what does the generator do at that point?
2: Our generators will start. Uh, okay. They may not transfer power to themselves from the utility, yeah, but they will be in that running mode where they're ready. Okay. Uh, that's all technology built into the transfer switches. The transfer switch is actually the automatic transfer device that is. Um, monitoring utility power. Uh, yeah. Our transfer switches will have a five-minute delay as far as monitoring that flickering before they'll switch over.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and that doesn't mean you're going to be without power five minutes. That just means the generator's fired up, it's ready to go, but the sta- the transfer switch is in like a hold pattern right. before it switches to the generator. It's, it's actually saying, well, wait a minute, utility's back on. Some right. manufacturers are not like that. Some manufacturers have what they call uh, instant flicker, instant transfer over. Yeah, uh, We... We don't want to do that to the generators because we are in a in the southeast and we have a lot more tree limbs or squirrels on power lines or just winds, high winds that are smacking the, the power lines, you know, together a little bit and they're yeah. feeling that vibration. And so we do have that flicker as well as our power companies down here. They utilize that three trip method mainly. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure everybody's like, what's that? Well, how many times have we sat at home during a storm and you've seen your your flights flicker once? Yep. Yeah your lights flicker twice Yeah, they flick they flicker with a third time on that fourth time you're without power and that's because that fuse has popped out on that transformer ah uh. really yeah
0: I, d- I had no idea all right so comfort verse heating and cooling is a full service hvac company and they've got an electrical and that's part of your – That's genera- my division,
2: electrical generator electrical division. Electrical
0: generator division. Yes, and now and, plumbing. And, and now plumbing. And now plumbing. I want everybody to get comfortable.
2: <laughs> well, we've plumb- We've had plumbing for about over a year now.
0: Right. Yeah. That, that comfort first is a lot of things, and you can rely on them for so many things. Uh, the generators that you sell and that you install mm-hmm. – are all Briggs & Stratton?
2: Yeah, we, we install Briggs & Stratton. Um, we will install, if a customer has, they've bought a generator, we will come out and price it up to install that another name brand. Really? But typically, um, we're going to install our product because it's our product that we stand behind and we know what their warranties are. We know what, we match that with our guarantees. We know what the product's going to be and, and we know how to si- it's size correctly. Usually, if you get homeowners that buy something off the internet, they're not hundred percent accurate with their load calculation, and typically their generator is undersized. And so, when you go out there, you're like, "Yeah, there's some other stuff that you got to do with this besides install a generator." So, um, and they don't, and then you know they don't understand all the ins and outs of it. Some of them do if they're in that background, but most of them don't. But we typically, ninety-nine percent of our installs are our generators, Briggs and Stratton, ten-year, ten-year unit warranties
0: somebody picks up the phone, they say, I want a generator. Yes. How does this work? You come by and take a look at the square footage of my house?
2: Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm coming by and doing a lot more than that. I'm going to really? come, yeah, I'm going to do a site evaluation. I'm going to do a gas line, gas service evaluation, whether you have, if you have natural gas or if you have propane. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a load calculation, which is involving the square footage of the home, plus all the appliances, plus all the large appliances, like your HVAC, your your cooking, your water heater situation. Right. Um, and then what we've seen now with all the new, newer houses, we're seeing, um, you know, heat pump water heaters that are on. I mean, you got to be careful putting generators on that type of components. You can make sure you're putting the right type of uh, load management devices on that because they're extremely voltage sensitive. Ah. Uh, we're seeing instantaneous water heaters, and we're seeing a ton of generators that people are just plopping in, Getting a contractor put in,
3: yeah,
2: uh, and they're sitting there and they've got a two hundred thousand BTU uh, instant hot on demand water heater, and the gas line's half inch. And I am sitting there going, "Well, obviously nobody's done has done the proper calculation for that gas pipe." Why, why is that wrong? Well, you don't have enough volume and pressure for that for the two appliances to work together. Okay, so you always want your gas service to basically be like an intersection of the largest appliance first okay off the off the tap
0: yeah Uh, that's
2: the more correct way i guess you could say of doing it you don't always have to do it that way but that is the best way
0: and typically which appliance is that
2: that's going to be the generator first and then your instantaneous water heater is going to be second and then whatever hvac appliances usually your third and fourth and then your cooking appliances are fourth or fifth in that drop right Uh, if you don't have your gas service balanced and correctly and if you don't have the sizing correct and you don't have it installed correct you're you could actually actually be doing damage to an appliance or have that appliance not function when you need it during a power outage
0: yeah i i live out in the country mm-hmm. i got a big old propane tank it's you know the pressurized propane mm-hmm. I, you know i think it's 500 gallons right it's you know it's uh it's four pretty half, big <laughs> four and a half feet tall yeah we overbought we did yeah but at this at the same time how long can I run a generator off that?
2: Uh, if it's sized correctly and it has the right engineering as far as load management, what the demand is, what the time of year that we're utilizing this tank in this generator, yeah, uh, you should get about 10 days off of that before you're really in that crucial uh, time frame to get it refilled. Now, yeah. that's also going to determine how many other gas appliances that you have that you're using. I mean, if you're sitting there heating your home at Seventy-eight degrees, yeah. and running that generator at the same time, and that's a gas heater that you're using. Right, uh you may be about seven days.
0: Yeah, and we w- we would if it were the winter time, mm-hmm. we would typically turn on the propane fireplace.
2: Yeah, absolutely, help you out with that. Like if your fireplace is like mine, I and my house is insulated so tight. I was just yeah. telling we were talking about this last time I was here. I can turn my fireplace on and within 30 minutes I need to turn it off because yeah. my yeah. house is 75 degrees. Right. And I'm like, wow. You know, so, I mean, that is a good heating source as well when you're on, on a generator, but right. uh, most of our generators, um, we have some gas appliances, but we don't have all gas yeah. appliances. And most right. of the time we see heat pumps and heat strips and obviously they're electric and you want that generator to run that. Yeah. And, um, Most generator companies are putting generators in, and what they're doing is they're locking out their heat strips, which is smart. Mm. But what does that heat pump need to do at least once an hour or at least four times a day is de-ice. And the way it de-ices is it reverses the reflow refrigerant and uses the heat strips to thaw it out. Right. Okay? So… My question to the customer is, are you actually having heating because that heat pump only going to get you on a 40-degree night? What, 60, 62 degrees? Maybe. You know. So take that in consideration when you're asking about a generator and you're saying specifically, I want heating and cooling in my home. Right. Make sure you're getting that generator size correctly to handle that heat strip.
1: How frustrating would it be, Dave, to to find somebody who would install a generator for you. Yeah. And then after you paid them all that money, yes. you realize that it was done incorrectly or you have appliances that don't work or right. the it's just not calibrated correctly. It it would just drive me absolutely bonkers.
0: Yeah, if I had to choose between one appliance and another, and the way I chose one appliance over the other was by unplugging them or hitting the breaker. Right. You know what I mean in the middle of a storm or you know the there's no power and it's been a day and I'm saying, well, I can turn on the heat strip for a while, and turn on the HVAC for a while, or I can cook my dinner.
2: Well, or you could call Comfort first and we can engineer it the, the way that you don't have to turn the breaker off.
0: Yeah, I know. We wanna, put
2: the load, the do. proper load management devices in that are sized correctly and prioritize what devices we want to come on at what time. So, right. we yeah. we can go back to that that first floor is your main floor of your your home and you're heating it, yeah. right? You don't need to run the HVAC system at the same time for the upstairs, That's but right. you possibly could if you have a large enough generator, but you could bring them on in different stages. Okay. And so there's different methods of madness, so to speak, of engineering that you can kind of calibrate all that stuff together to make it operate. A lot of times what you see is we have a generator, I have the transfer switch, and that's all you see. Right. And that is a very short expectancy of operation on that generator in the right moment. Not every moment, but it has to be the right exact moment that generator will kind of be like, what in the world? And then shut off.
0: The generator will shut off
2: if it overloads itself yeah. if, you know if it's if it's not able to maintain the rpms it's going to it's going to be underspeeding is what yeah. it's the term okay. and it's going to be like i'm not producing enough voltage i'm gonna have to shut off okay it's because its own the load is
1: shut off valve yeah, basically yeah
2: the load the load is not able to be sustained okay and then you're going to have to come out well when that technician comes out by that time Everything's kind of equalized, and they turn the (laughs) generator on, It's it's running. They're like, okay, see you later. Bye. (laughs) You know, you're back online.
0: At that point, (laughs) it's kind of late to buy a a bigger generator. Well, maybe you don't need
2: the bigger generator. No? Maybe you just need some more accessories to go with that, and you get the right load management devices or the certain amount of load management. So what we people, they they hear that word load management. They don't understand what that means. I want
0: you to define it.
2: Well, it's really simple. If you have a a heat strip in your house, that's 8 kW. Okay. Okay. that means you got eight kilowatts of heat strip. Okay. Load management, the the way we can do it is we'll share that. So you take that 8 kWs and you may divide that with the water heater, the air conditioner, and the air handler in the house. Right. So that means, am I utilizing the heat strips every time I'm heating my house? No, because I'm running off a heat pump. Okay. But I only need like three kW to run that heat pump okay so I've got five more kW I can use well then my water heater can heat up and heat that water in that tank right but if I need the heat strips to come on to relieve the heat pump to maintain temperature or to Mm de-ice then the generator senses that and says okay turn on heat strips but now I'm gonna turn off the water heater and the compressor
0: and it's never gonna turn off Netflix
2: (laughs) no 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 that brings up a very funny story, by the way. Okay.
0: All right, we're going to talk about that. Talk about that with Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. Coming up next, Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5, AM 680 WPTF. If you have a question for Joel, I've got a Cape Fear Seafood gift certificate. I think it's a $25. Let's go with that. $25 gift certificate from Cape Fear Seafood. Call us up right now. at WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Making your home great. Every Saturday, 1 until 3. Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling is our guest for the rest of the show. Joel, what's this funny story about Netflix?
2: Well... We installed a generator
0: yeah.
2: for a customer, all right. and all, all of our generators have some type of a cellular device that we can use for monitoring. We either use cellular or Wi-Fi. depends on the situation.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, the customer called me. It was like two or three months later, and uh, the customer calls me on a Sunday evening. I'm sitting there watching some ball game or something, yeah. and he's like, hey, I got a question. I said, yeah, he goes, every time I'm watching Netflix, ever since I put that generator in, my Netflix just sits there and buffs a lot
0: ah uh, the buffering thing
2: yeah and he said i think that generator is putting a load on my internet system (laughs) okay and i started i I didn't mean to start laughing i started chuckling and he goes what's so funny and i said the generator's not connected to your internet No, no no i said i don't understand how it's pulling the the signal down on and i just and he didn't understand he was like well I, I know I know the generator's connected to my net gear, but my yeah. Netflix doesn't work. Right. And I said, No, I said, probably what has happened and I and I explained to him, I said, You probably need to check see how many cell phones you have going on in your house or right. whatever you're pulling on your Wi Fi. Yeah. That would slow your, your speed down. <laughs> and uh but I had to physically go out to his house on that Monday and, and kind of show him that we we utilized a cellular device which doesn't connect to the internet. Right. It's like a cell phone. And uh, we had no, we were not connected to his internet system, but it was kind of hard to explain over the phone on a Sunday evening. But it was just, it was just comical when you just said it's that. It's
0: drawing, kind of, it's drawing too many amperages,
2: or some, from too many the, gigahertz, or something. Point. Right, too many
0: gigahertz. <laughs> yeah, you know, I pay for, I pay for a certain amount of gigahertz, and if I don't get enough of them. Yeah, and then the Netflix slows down.
2: We're growing up with teenage daughters that were sitting there having a cell phone, yeah, on social media, having their te- TV in their room streaming, and then having their laptop on doing schoolwork or whatever. I can kind of relate to what slow all, internet is.
0: All at the same time.
2: All at the same time.
0: Okay. All right, I, <laughs> I get it. So it does not draw from your internet service. No, no not at all. What it does is wait until there's something going on. Correct. Whether it needs to click on, whether it needs to do maintenance, something happens with that. Does Joel know about it right away?
2: So we... Have the option, Uh, it's available as an accessory again to add to your generator, which is a a cellular monitoring device. Yeah, uh, that comes with your first year subscription included. Then, after their first year, for a small fee, we can continue to monitor it. Yeah, but that what that does is it gives the customer availability, they have the availability of the app themselves, but we don't have the availability to, to. reach and see their generator 24 hours a day. Okay. With this, with this device, we can, okay. uh, we can check in on it. Uh, it will email us. It will notify us when it's, you know, having a fault or an alarm or a condition. Yeah. Uh, it will tell us when it's exercising. Uh, it will tell us how that exercise went. How long did it go? What was the battery voltage? What was the generator running at? Um, it kind of gives us a, an information. So we can see, so we can be more reactive yeah. or proactively than reactive when you need it. So,
0: you knew what was going on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I knew in my neighborhood it was just amazing, um, just amazing um, thunderstorm activity.
2: Yeah.
0: Where did people lose power?
2: Rayford, Hope County, yeah. Cumberland County, yeah. southern part of Johnston County. Uh, part of Wake County, we saw power outages in the north part of Guilford, Orange County, up in yeah. that area towards Yanceyville area. Yeah, um, Roxboro had some power outages, right. and then for our early Friday morning, late Friday uh, Thursday nights, so sometime during the night, Randolph County lost power, Montgomery County, yeah. uh, and then we saw down in Pinehurst they lose power yesterday. Last night, Chapel Hill lost power. Oh yeah. City of Durham lost power, or county of Durham. There's right. parts of it. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's all the same thing. It was, you know probably tree limbs or something falling from the heavy rain, or you know unfortunately a car accident or something. But uh, the thing about like where I have power, where I live, uh, I'm on a co-op, and they'll pretty much tell you when you'll have power restored. Yeah. What we noticed, like in Rayford, for example, um, Rayford and Fayetteville. They lost power 6 p.m. Thursday night. Yeah, they didn't get power restored until seven o'clock Friday oh, morning. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it, they may not be on the first right of everybody's list,
2: Well, they got to assess the assess the, the the system obviously and what sure. that repair would be. But that's not just you know, like I tell customers when I go out to their house, what is how many power outages have you had in the last 12 months, right. and what would you say your average length of time is. Okay mm-hmm. A lot of customers don't know that. You can ask the power company. they'll tell you that right? Mm-hmm. It's on your app, it's on your it's on the website. Um, and I have that access too, as well already when I go out there. I pretty much know,
3: oh yeah,
2: because I, I have that connection with all the the generator apps that we use. Um, they yeah. actually take a survey from all the power companies across all the nation. yeah, so we can see what's going on in Wisconsin or Minnesota.
0: Well, it's great. I'm going to check in on Wisconsin during the break. <laughs> we'll get a report for all of you who care. Uh, Rich and Kerry is coming up next. We're on with Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling. Making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Well, the farmers need the rain, right? Absolutely. And and my it, yard
2: needs the rain too.
0: And the uh, and the generator salesmen, uh, they're not rooting for the power to go off. But if it goes off... It helps. It, it helps. It <laughs> helps a little bit. Let's pick up with Rich in Cary on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. And I'm going to ask my board operator to push the button to put Rich on. Hey, Rich, welcome to the program. You are on WPTF. Well, terrific. Good afternoon, guys. Thanks Good. So for having What's me. What's up? Um, hey, I wanted to uh, learn a little, little bit about the fear rating. Um for uh air conditioning units. We have a, a, a two story home
2: and we're we're trying to figure out um do you do you buy units that are that are steer rated um the same for the upstairs and the downstairs?
0: Um or how does that factor into you know the selection of a of a cooling
2: unit or heating and cooling unit? Uh-huh. That's a good question. Are you able to answer it? I'm sitting here just thinking about it.
0: Okay. I, I mean it's one <laughs> of those Sometimes I get that. Well, that's a great question, Dave. So I will tell
2: you the higher the SEER rating, which I will say has changed. Uh, I'm not in the air-conditioned side of the business, but I do know this. Uh, That's what we used to call the SEER rating is now changed to a different uh, government name. And the more high efficiency that system is, uh, the more energy savings that you have, Uh, So I always have been told, and again, I'm not the air-conditioned side of uh, Comfort First. That would be one of our project managers like Art or AJ that have been here with us. Uh, They would actually come out and discuss that with you and kind of go over what the efficiencies and how to size that accordingly and what, what the savings are going from one efficiency to another.
0: I see. Okay, well, maybe I can give them a
2: call. Yes, um, please and do, and they'll come out and they'll go over all that with you. Mm-hmm. And
0: mention the show. Mention Making Your Home Great, and you heard Joel on the radio. Let me just offer to you, Rich, a uh, gift certificate to Cape Fear Seafood Company. What do you think? Oh, that's terrific. Yeah, I think it's terrific, too. So hang well, on. You. We'll get your details, and uh, we'll tell you how to get that on okay, Making we'll Your there. Home Great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. We'll wait a few minutes. And offer up another gift certificate. Thing about this, Joel, we don't want to mention one gift certificate back to back with the other. Although, got another fine gift certificate from another restaurant coming up. Oh, nice. Uh, so, Joel, the um, the you've done this assessment, mm-hmm. and and then there's a uh, you know people talk like uh, Brock does sometimes about. How many weeks ahead he is scheduling? Mm-hmm. You you kind of run into this also. You're you're busy and you're gonna you're to put people into July or August.
2: No, uh, right now it, it it all kind of you know it's kind of reactive to what's happening. Yeah, you know if we we have the first hurricane hit North Carolina and it it does a lot of uh, <laughs> you know damage that they, that it could do or a lot of uh, power outages that it. Could come from that. Yeah, you kind of see a, a very big rush on on people reacting to that and getting generators. I always right. like to have that Boy Scout motto: "Be prepared." Let's get it now. Let's get it during yeah. the let's get it during the wintertime. Get it during the springtime before these hurricane seasons get started. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so typically, if you have us come out and we do a, an assessment, and you want to move forward with the project. Typically, it's about a 7- to 15-day window from the time that you have closed that deal yeah. to the time that installation, okay? Oh, cool. Now, depending on certain jurisdictions that you live in, uh, there is maybe some civil surveying that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. There's possibilities of HOA approvals before that installation has to be done, and we'll discuss that with that customer. Each each HOA has their own bylaws. It's not something that is just uh, – a regulatory over the state that's yeah. kind of up to the homeowner to know that and share that with me and then we kind of figure out what we need to do yeah um and in those processes it could be you know three to four weeks yeah okay there was one job in Kerry where we had to wait three months for HOA. we had all the permits we had all the the plot plans done but we right. were waiting for hoa approval um uh, yeah. you know and i don't want to install a generator and then have to the customer have to call me back Right. and say 3 months later the i got a knock on the door or i got a red flag on my mailbox we need to move this generator right right, right. Uh, cuz that's not going to be very beneficial to that customer obviously so we want to make sure that everything's thought of the whole process we're not really wanting you to write a check today and us be there tomorrow if we haven't informed you of what everything needs to be done yeah. you've got power disconnections typically that has to be done to install the transfer switch okay okay yeah. that's that means you have to coordinate that with your power company yeah. We coordinate that with the inspection department and in that you have your power disconnected the day that the transfer switch is being installed. And then we get it inspected and get the power company back there the same day to get yes. it restored. Oh, that yeah. takes a lot of patience and coordination. Right. Right. Okay, Then you also have to understand that after the generator is installed, you may have to have gas service upsized or gas service installed. Propane companies will not show up prior to a generator installation, and set the tank and run the gas line. They're going to wait for that generator to be installed. They're going to make sure that generator is inspected, and okay. then they're going to go set their tank and dig that line in from the tank to the house, yeah. and then you have to get that inspected. So there's that process. You know, there's All this cannot just be show up with two guys in a truck and knock it out. You have right. to kind of make sure everything is covered and everything is shared from the upfront so the customer knows what to expect.
0: We we talked a little bit about gas service. Mm-hmm. If you're relying not on propane but on natural gas. Yes. First of all, let me ask you. Do you care what it runs on? Is there any that's preferred propane versus natural no, gas?
2: No. I mean our generators work either off of natural or propane. They're they're converted. They're yeah. not uh, it's not a specific unit for yeah. one or the other.
0: Okay. So suppose I'm a natural gas Mm -hmm. and I hear from you guys, yeah, your natural gas service isn't what it should be. What is it? What is that all about? Did they not run a proper sized natural gas line to my house?
2: So the utility company delivers the size and capacity of metering and gas line from the street to your house of what is told to them when the house was built or the appliances were installed. Yeah. Okay. There is some room of tolerance to grow. Okay. On that meter. Yeah. But not typically. If you add a large appliance, it is, you know, it is required for that appliance to be inspected. Okay. Once that's inspected, then the gas company, natural gas company will verify because they are a utility yeah that they may have to upsize that gas meter for All more right. capacity very seldom right. have you had we have we ever seen the gas line itself from the street to the house have to be upsized usually it's just the meter okay. which is like a 15 minute job for the gas company okay
0: well it's good i like short jobs yeah. rather than some guy with a ditch witch
2: but yeah. uh, we have had situations where uh, especially like on like townhouses or how uh, condos where yeah. they you know you, you're you're in a group of six and you have um, uh, the generator on the backside of a property that's on the backside of one particular townhouse.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know you're very limited in spacing, right? And you have to have clearances. You have to have everybody has to have a certain amount of distance for safety to work on their gas meter or their power meter. Right? right. Or the fireman has to be, you know, imagine the fireman wearing a coat, a hat and the air tank. And he's got to be able to go over there and work, you know, shut something off to h- handle an emergency. Yeah. There's been a few times where we've installed a generator and the gas companies had to come and relocate their meter to make sure that they maintain that that clearance. OK, because we're, we're so tight with the air conditioner and the power meter and the generator itself. You know, yeah. that's yeah. that's on those type of situations, but you're not on like a standard single-family dwelling you don't usually see that
0: all right so i'm in my house i picked up the phone you've done a load calculation uh i've got propane in my house what if i had natural gas same story same story and you're putting a pad out right that, that's the first thing right
2: well we use a cement pad no 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 we use a hurricane gel pad
0: okay what is that
2: i buy them from florida yeah. Uh, they're rated for 180-mile-an-hour wind for Hurricane. Okay. They right. they are a composite pad that has a, uh, a gel activator in it. Okay. Uh, once we compact the ground, level the ground, find the location that we're installing the generator, and we install that, we activate the hardener, uh, and then overnight it changes and, and turns into a 500-pound weight. <laughs> yeah. Okay? The reason I use those is, is twofold. I use them, one, because they're easy to maintain, store, Keep them in a warehouse for warehouse people to move around. Yeah. Uh, concrete pads come in a pallet of 10, and typically by the time you get down to the third pad, the last three are broke, damaged, yeah. cracked, or whatever. Second thing is most generator compi- uh, concrete pads are not true concrete. They are a concrete overlay mm-hmm. uh, of rebar with a styrofoam center. Uh, oh. They still have the same wind rating as a, a hurricane gel pad. It's you know still one seventy five, one eighty five rain yeah. uh, range on the wind rating. Which if we see that here, we're in some major situations. No, one
0: hundred and eighty mile an hour right. wind. Yes, but yes.
2: I've, how many times I've couldn't tell you how many times I've gone to customers' houses and the uh, husband hit the lawn, hit the you know the concrete pad with a lawnmower deck yeah. and took out a chunk of it. Yeah. Uh, the this composite pad, yeah, you you're not going to do that. So it's just a cleaner look. Good. It's just something to kind of separate us a little bit different. Um, and I like the warranty that it has. I like the stainless steel bolts that it comes with. I don't have any kind of corrosion. I don't have any type of rust that I'm putting on that generator. So that's the right reason I use them.
0: All right. So in 24 hours, that pad is in place.
2: Yes. Right? It
0: mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't make a lot of – you don't have to site do much site maintenance no. before that. No. You're flattening the ground. You're putting it there. Yes. It's a big chunk, eventually, of this – Five hundred pound something. Yep. Composite material. Then you come in are you guys done in a
2: day, two days? Typical our typically our installations are two to three. Yeah. Okay. Uh but I want to do say one thing about if Dave had a propane tank, five hundred gallon. Yeah. Okay. What gas appliances do you have at your house?
0: Uh on propane. I, only, I you know, oddly, I only have the fireplace. Okay. Everything else is electric.
2: I will guarantee you your line coming from the gas tank to your house, Uh if we added a generator to it, would be uh, it would have to be upsized. Again, the propane company that put that tank in and ran that gas line, they size that 90% of the time. They'll size the amount of draw that you're coming from that tank, and that's the line they'll put in. Or the distance from the house to the tank determines what size that that line is as well. I look at all that. Yeah. Okay, and then I tell the customer, okay, you can, you know, you have a million BTUs on that that five eighths line, right? Yeah, yeah. So we can add a generator, not a problem. Okay, but what if it's a quarter inch or a three sixteenths or a five sixteenths? Well, yeah, you know how many times I've gone out to houses and they have like a five line, yeah. and they're running a gas water heater and a gas furnace, and on propane, yeah. And uh, they've added a gas stove over the years. The propane company didn't know nothing about it, and I'm sitting there thinking, wow, if you're going to add a generator that line's way too small so then we'll discuss who's going to take care of that 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 upgrade is it going to be us or do you want to call your propane company because we can do it as well
0: yeah oh okay yeah all right this sounds this sounds very convenient and in a couple of days uh you turn on uh, you just what you give it a give it a test run
2: so we'll do a uh, we'll install the generator we'll you know after everything's expected and it's ready to do startup we'll do a startup we'll do a load test on it yeah uh, and then we'll actually do a uh, what we call a you know a simulated power outage test. Yeah. And we'll let it run for a few hours. While we're there, you know, while we're going through the process with the homeowner explaining everything, cleaning up the job site, yeah. whatever we need to do, we'll just let it run for a couple hours. We'll check the load management modules, we'll test everything. We'll we'll run around the house and turn as much stuff as we possibly can <laughs> to kind of see those load management devices work and make yeah. sure they shut on and off. Yeah. Uh, and then we you know, we will actually when you it's always funny cuz we actually leave you a cheat sheet uh, of what to expect of your generator and the and the maintenances and stuff that you need to be aware of and uh, I always think it's fine I always tell the homeowners take a magnet put that cheat sheet on the refrigerator Yeah, because the difference between the air conditioner and a generator is we're not using it every single day right so I can tell you something. I can show you something, and you may remember it to them, but six months from now when that thing that generator's working, yeah. you may not remember. So that's why I say put that on the refrigerator, and when the generator's running, walk over to that sheet and go, yep, Joel said it was going to do that. That box is checked. Yeah. It's going to do this. That box is checked. I need to be aware of this. This box is checked. It's just a little something little cheat sheet that we make for them.
0: Oddly enough, Joel, I don't want to be aware of any of it. <laughs> I just wanted to kick on when i need it and it will and it will and it will how about things like you know it's an engine you got to change the oil you, you uh, add oil or you know maintain something.
2: yeah so you can sign up with a maintenance agreement program with us yeah. um you actually can get a what we call a convenience package with us yeah um we'll come out once a year and do a maintenance on it uh or you can do the customer convenience package where basically it's a it's a program that we have uh if you If you have a power outage or without power for uh, 12 hours or more and you've been running on your generator, we'll simply go by your house. We'll shut the generator down, cool it down. We'll check the oil. If it needs to add oil, we'll add it for you. You don't have to worry about a thing. Then we'll start it right back up and get on our way.
0: And that whole process takes, uh, what, two hours?
2: Could be a couple hours, yeah. Could be a couple hours. Again, it depends on the time of the year. Could be an hour, could be two hours. Depends on how hot it is outside. All right.
0: Sounds good. We're talking with Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling, talking about the generator division of Comfort First. And I've got a gift certificate from Briggs Restaurant. I know this is a popular item. Please dial quickly, 919-860-9783. You dial that number and we'll get you on the radio if you've got a question for Joel. If not, Make one up while you dial 919 8609783. Making your home great. FM 985 AM AM680 WPTF. FM 985 AM AM680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic, and generators. Talk to Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling by dialing. 919-860-9783. I think we've got somebody who's on the line who wants the Briggs gift certificate and who has a question. Briggs, Patrol. I like that. Oh, yeah. I you like think? that. That's a good name. I mean, yeah, it is a good name, but <laughs> you just like it because it's half of Briggs and Stratton. That's right. That's right. And and the generator, well, why would you just install Briggs and Stratton? Aren't there other companies that make Make themselves a fine generator.
2: Yeah, everybody, uh, the competition out there, everybody is very, very similar. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I want the best, most reliable engine out there, and that's the Briggs and Stratton engine, in my opinion. Yeah, and the other thing that I like about them is more—you're getting more for not having to pay more you're getting the best warranty, comprehensive 10-year warranty compared to a 10-year extended warranty that may be offered if it's promotional. Uh, Or if you read the fine print, it's a limited warranty where certain parts are here, certain parts are there, not covered. It's very confusing because at the end of the day, the homeowner is saying, that's the model I want. That's the product I see on the TV commercial. And I see it at Lowe's and I strike the check. And then when you go out seven years from now to to work on something and they realize they got to pay for labor.
3: Yeah,
2: That's, you know, they're kind of just kind of caught off guard, but Briggs and Stratton, we like them because of engine reliability and we like the warranty. All
0: right. We've got a caller on line one. I know that they're calling from Garner. I'm just going to say hello. And uh, what's your name? Hi. Lena Nelson. L E N A Nelson. Lena. Yep. Well, I'm glad you're here and I'm so sorry your parents dropped the D. What? Perhaps in the next generation, they will, we, we, your family will figure out how to smell. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Lena, I I'm sorry. S- I think they like the singer called Lena Horne. Oh, yes. Okay, that could be it. Well, listen, I've got Joel Worsham of Comfort First Heating and Cooling here. Lena, what can we do for you? First of all, should I turn my radio down? You should never turn it off. Right, just down a little bit. Technicians all will right. tell you that the best way to keep your AM radio is tuned in between 690 and 670, <laughs> almost all the time. 680, it's,
4: it's, it's programmed to hit that's, that number.
0: That will work. Okay, Lena, what's
4: up? Okay, I may not qualify for what you're doing. Currently, I am in an apartment rental. Yeah, that's I fine. have been here for several years. The management that's currently here has left me with a furnace that will not go on or will not stay on. Yes. Uh, It's done that with air conditioning. Um, It won't rotate. It might give out cool. If I put cool, it might give out heat. I think, I don't know how to ask the question exactly, but every time I really try to follow through and get something fixed, they suggest that I might want to be, what do you call it, when they get rid of you? Uh, I've been here like 10 or 12 years or something.
0: Impeached? <laughs> yes. you might be impeached. Go out, yes. No.
4: Goodbye. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and and it's not all of the people. It's the current manager, especially he's oh been here the last two years. Is there some danger that I'm in? Like right now, if I want to cool down, I can't. I I, I can't really turn the, the turn the heat pump on and and get any cool. Okay. I, it won't rotate. It will only stay on if I put it on and then go off if I put it off. I've called since February to say we have a problem here again. Right, right. It's not getting fixed. Am I in danger? We are we are hoping we are hoping to get out of here into a house and after listening to your program for the very first time today uh, yes. I know who, where and what I'm gonna call before we do anything. But oh, right absolutely. now am I okay. in danger?
2: I don't I don't think you're in danger, but I definitely Don't think that it's as efficient as it should. Uh, But dealing with any type of a gas furnace, and I'm assuming that's what you have for a heating source, obviously you want to have the proper people come out that are certified to work and inspect the gas furnace because there's so many uh, volatile components when you're dealing with a gas combustion source, okay, whether it's a furnace generator or whatever. Uh, the biggest thing that I'm hearing from you, just from my electrical experience and the company I work for, and the story that you're telling us, is I think you have a thermostat problem.
4: All right, and I think I have an electric. I don't think I have any gas here. No, I have. So if you have an
2: electric yeah. furnace with a heat pump, I don't. I don't really see a a, a life threatening danger, but I do see a, a very inefficient energy source, uh, energy usage of an appliance. Okay, because an air conditioner needs to run it yeah. needs to it needs to shut off by itself it needs to turn off it needs to equalize that that refrigerant in that compressor and it needs those valves to be opening and closing and when you just turn it on and it's trying to heat the the or cool the, the space down it's it's going to be on a, um, a high demand yeah. um and then when you're turning it off it it's it's equalizing itself but it's it's not maintaining and if you're not maintaining the, the great thing about heat pumps is they have to maintain temperature and that's what makes them efficient, and that's what makes your power bill is going to be extremely high.
0: <laughs> Lena, now, yeah, I here. think I think you're you're struck with the same thing that a lot of people in the area have. You wouldn't wouldn't know that you're among uh, you know many many people. You have a cheap landlord because. <laughs> be, <laughs>
4: oh. I mean, I mean, beca- if I because here be he- on radio, I would tell you when they did some renovation of all the little apartment buildings yes. a few years ago, it took them almost two years to pass the inspection.
2: Sure, and sure, they already and
4: they knew there were problems. Well, the
2: problem with any type of rental management is we're, we're hiring; they hire to maintain their properties. A handyman, yeah. yeah, that may be a carpenter, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, maybe a <clears throat> a fence builder. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's a painter. He's a good painter, so we're going to send him in to you
4: work on your I, I'm HVAC. So glad I called you. If nothing else, you just assured me that I was correct in making my assumption.
0: Okay, now Lena, here is the thing, Lena. Yes, replacing a thermostat can be a
4: twenty-minute
0: min- 20 job yeah. for for a for a handyman. Okay. The problem is there might be ten wires. Oh. C- coming out of this thing, if you were to take the thing off the wall, you'd really be faced with a, a terrible, this is not a do-it-yourself job. Not typically, no. Unless you're <laughs> really good with Okay, that's with why i
4: doing what I'm doing because I knew I could turn it off and on. I didn't think I would cause a problem. No, you're not. I'm not going to try to screw something off and on with electric in it, that's for sure.
2: No, I would definitely uh, do what you're doing and stay on them about getting the right people to come out and look at it.
4: What I had to do the last time I had something fixed was to go to uh, they have an organization of legal help for oh cleaning. my gosh, yes. I went to them and it took and, and yeah. they stayed with me the whole time until we got what was done. yes in fact, the attorney came out at the point where they were trying to evict me the last time and said, "Look she pays her a rent ahead of time See, All right, do, does that."
0: Lena, you. is your structure a brick structure?
4: It appears to be okay. Non-brick.
0: I want it's not brick. It doesn't appear to be okay. brick. okay. All right, I want you to find a brick structure and I want you to yell at the brick wall. <laughs> yes. You will get the same satisfaction at <laughs> talking to your landlord. Yeah. You might have to f- pony up. <laughs> Call Comfort First Heating and Cooling. Okay.
4: I have taken. I have been taken your number, down. Okay. I Comfort Heating Cooling. I've Com- got a number.
2: Uh- Joel. Joel. What's the number? Nine one nine, seven seven seven, one seven seven seven. 777
4: 1777 Oh, wow, that's easy. Enough. Pretty easy.
2: 777
0: 1777 right. Wish we could offer more. I'm going to get you to get you to enjoy a, a dinner on us at Briggs restaurant. Thank you.
4: Well, that would be nice, but you've already given me information and if I have to go back to the attorney, I have some people i can trust
0: remember that brick wall Mm -hmm. yes sir (laughs) all right thank you take care and thank you to joel Worsham of comfort first heating and cooling uh we'll be back saturday at one for making your home great next week